This is The Beautiful Pursuit, and I'm your host, Antoinette MacDonald. Welcome to Episode 6 with Dr. Caroline Leaf. Dr. Leaf holds a PhD in communication pathology from the University of Pretoria in South Africa. Since 1981, she has researched the science of thought as it relates to thinking, learning, renewing the mind, gifting, and potential. Dr. Leaf is an international and national conference speaker on topics relating to optimal brain performance, such as stress, toxic thoughts, the male-female brain differences, thinking and learning, controlling our thought lives, wisdom and how to identify one's own natural gifts. She is frequently interviewed on TV stations around the globe, has published many books and scientific journals, and has her own TV show and podcast. Dr. Leaf and her husband Mac live with their four children in Dallas, Texas. I first came across Dr. Caroline Leaf many years ago when I read her book, Switch On Your Brain. She just released her latest read, Think, Learn, Succeed and I managed to grab 15 minutes with her while she was in South Africa promoting the book. The day after this interview, I attended her full-day seminar, which was pretty incredible. Her work is hopeful, empowering, and inspiring. I was impacted by the atmosphere she cultivated and sustained over a full-day seminar. It was enlightening, to say the least. You collide with her conviction and her determination, and you feel strong and ready to make small changes that will yield big rewards. One of the many joys of producing my podcast is that I'm immersed in the audio for weeks before you hear it, and so I deeply experience the very unique flavor that each guest brings to the show. Dr. Caroline Leaf brings something very new to this space. I wanted to bring you this interview on The Beautiful Pursuit for a number of reasons. One of those is because I believe in the immense power of stewarding our thought life. She'll really make you stop and think. I once heard her say we are deeply intellectual beings created in the image of a deeply intellectual God. So when we get in touch with who we really are created to be by God, then we think clearly. I hope this interview brings you much clarity. I just saw such a, a need for people to understand the power of the mind to change the brain because I think one of the main essential elements of what I teach is to help people understand that the mind and the brain are separate and that the mind controls the brain and that you actually build thoughts into your brain and thoughts are real things that occupy mental real estate and your brain can change. So as your mind changes, your brain changes. And that's the core of, of my research and the core of what I do is showing how that works and how to apply that in your life, whether it is building your brain, detoxing your brain, overcoming a trauma, overcoming just getting one's day-to-day -day thought life under control because none of us are exempt from making bad choices or um, making, you know, getting our thought, you know, thoughts getting chaotic. It's, it's, a hum it's something that we do as humans if we don't control our thought life. Our thought life is very powerful and we don't always, we know that, but we don't know quite, I, I see from the work I've done all these years is people don't really understand how to control their thought life. There's a ton of stuff out there on 
the meditation and um, we talk really great stuff, great tools and things out there on teaching people how to you know, think positively and that kind of thing. But I found that that was not enough with my patients. It was not enough with, um, and it was, I, I felt that they needed to understand a lot more about how to actually understand how thought forms and how to build memory and because when we talk about building memory we're not just talking about learning we are talking about uh, for school we're talking about how you actually get through your day if you don't build memory you can't function as a human so you're thinking all day long as you think and feel and choose you build memory and that, that so your thoughts on your memories and you're building those into your brain and then that's what you speak and do from so it becomes vital to to pursue that. I had read about one of Dr. Leaf's fascinating case studies involving a 16-year-old girl, a patient who had been declared brain dead after a traumatic brain injury. I asked Dr. Leaf about this particular case because apparently it changed the course of her career. The one you're referring to was very interesting because this young girl had a very traumatic brain injury at the age of 16. And she was, she was a very average student prior to accident, and she, but she had really suffered badly and she was in a coma for over two weeks. And at that stage, it's really talking 30 years ago, um, she was told, her parents were told that she would be a vegetable. And literally, that, that was the medical approach in those days. And it tends to still be that if someone goes through some kind of major mental trauma or their brain damage from a neurolog you know, neurological damage in the brain from a car accident or something like that, the, they almost told the medical professionals are told to bring, to not raise people's hopes, to actually give the worst case scenario. And we know now with further on in years that that's the worst thing you can do because hope is a, is the biggest part of healing in the brain and the body. It's our hope and our belief systems that create the energy that drive the way that our brain functions and the way that we function as humans. So hope is essential and core to success. And that's why this book, Think, Learn, Succeed, is all about understanding this hope that was in, within us and this pushing through and this persevering and not looking for the quick fix. And this young girl who had this traumatic brain injury really revealed the power of, of pushing through, of despite circumstances, Everyone telling her she couldn't get anywhere. She she literally hurt people when she was in her coma. Pulled herself out of her coma, out of her coma. Pushed her like that. Like, grabbed hold of everything that she could, and she was really back. I mean, I I have to stress that this young girl, her peer group was going into the end of her the eleventh grade eleven. She was had lost almost eight months by the time I saw her, and she was not functioning beyond a sort of fourth fifth grade level. So eight nine ten year old, and she was almost seventeen. Yet she could remember how she was operating. So she had gone back in her functioning cognitively, but she was determined to finish school with her peer group. And I worked with her for eight months, three days three days a week, and then she worked on her own in between with her incredible family. I trained her family how to help her. The point that I'm making is that she chose to think differently. She chose to face her circumstances. She chose to pursue. She didn't look for a quick fix. And that mindset of really applying hard the hard work of building memory, of pushing through, of um, that was what was core for her, of her success. I taught her all the techniques, but, and I can teach anyone all the techniques of how to get your mind right and how to control thoughts. But unless you choose to think correctly, to learn correctly, you're not going to succeed. And that's why this book, Think, Learn, Succeed, I really tackle that concept where I really get into the core of what is a, what is a mindset um, what is you know what does it mean to understand your customized thinking through and I've got profiles and things that I put into the book and also how to build this memory. 
So all my books are based on the skills that I gain, obviously, in my practice and my research and so on. I love that. Hope, she says, is an activity of the mind that changes the structure of our brain in a positive and normal direction. It reminds me of a C.S. Lewis quote on hope, that hope is the only thing to save you from despair. I asked Dr. Leaf to help me understand how she defines and distinguishes between neurological damage and mental health issues. Well, what you need to do is distinguish between the physical brain and the, the mind. And they work together, they're integral, but they're separate. And when someone has a car accident or some kind of accident where their brain is injured from a sport injury or something like that, that is neurological damage, it's not mental ill health. You know, the whole definition of mental health and everything has got very colored in the last um, 20 years and mixed up. So we have neurological disorders and diseases and damage and the traumatic brain injury would fall under that category. And then you have and things like birth defects and that sort of thing, birth trauma. Then you have life trauma where people go through things in life and that's all of us. All of us go through things in life and some, you know, there's different, obviously different from rape to whatever. You know, there's obviously different scales of that and that would be considered emotional trauma or you know, stresses of daily life. And all of us are going through different types of those stresses and that would then affect our mental health. So mental ill health, that the way we said today, is treated as a biological disease and it's not a biological disease. It is a response to life circumstances that changes the brain, but the brain can change back. Versus someone who's had a car accident, like the patient that I described, they've gone through physical brain damage from an accident and they've had to rebuild their brain. In both cases, whether you have a physical trauma to the brain or whether you have gone through an emotional trauma, the brain is going to suffer either way. The emotional trauma, whatever, because our mind works through our brain, so whatever's happening in our, to us, we're processing through our mind and it's causing, it's moving through the brain and damaging the brain if it's toxic because our brain's not designed for anything but health. I want to go back a step to Dr. Leaf's comment here that mental ill health is being treated as a biological disease and she says it's not. She used a very thought-provoking phrase when I was at the seminar, and it's connected to this. She said, we are medicalizing misery. I'll expand on this from her blog. She says we are desperately needing a revolution in mental health care. The current drug-orientated biomedical model of diagnosis and treatment for non-medical problems and experiences is reductionist and dangerous. While the biomedical model is very effective in treating illnesses, such as heart disease, diabetes, cancer, and so on, it is unhelpful and even damaging in matters to do with consciousness and the mind, such as depression or anxiety. The treatment of these so-called diseases is predominated by psychotrophic drugs, ECT and TMS, which have been shown to be ineffective in the long term, destructive, disempowering, and stigmatizing, calling for a bigger budget for drug-orientated psychiatry medicalizes misery and dehumanizes people, ignoring the context surrounding why a person chose to act or speak in a certain way. In the work that I do, I try and help people to understand how to think properly, how to build a thought correctly, how to build your brain, because every day we should be building our brain. 
In the third part of Think, Learn, Succeed, I have a five-step learning process, which is core to all my work um, in terms of a practical way of how you can actually break down toxic thoughts and build healthy thoughts and how you can grow your brain. Because every single day we should be, to, to succeed, we need to be growing our brain, which means we need to be building memory and healthy memory. And we need to also, in addition, be detoxing our brain, getting the toxic thoughts out of our brain. Um, the second part of the, the book, um, Think, Learn, Succeed, I talk about customized thinking and I include one of my profiles in there. Um, I develop various different profiles. And customized thinking is vital to helping people succeed and find meaning and so on in their life because when you don't understand how you think, you lose your identity. A, losing a, a loss of identity leads to tremendous conflict and confusion and lack of purpose. It is people that have um, that that know their identity that will be able to push through those traumatic events. You know, like people that have been in concentration camps. And Viktor Frankl is very famous, the psychiatrist who went through the concentration camp, and he um, talked about the, how the people that pushed through they really they really understood their identity. They they despite being dehumanized in those circumstances, they could push through. They had the recognition of who they were at their core. And that's what the second part of the book does and what I found so necessary to provide to all my patients and now hundreds of thousands of people around the world are doing that, this profile. I found this really interesting and went and read up a little on psychiatrist Viktor Frankl that she mentioned. His memoir has riveted generations of readers with its descriptions of life in the Nazi death camps and its lessons for spiritual survival. Between 1942 and 1945, Frankel laboured in four different camps, including Auschwitz, while his parents, his brother, and his pregnant wife died. Based on his own experience, and the experiences of those he treated in his practice, Frankel argues that we cannot avoid suffering, but we can choose how to cope with it, find meaning in it, and move forward with renewed purpose. Frankel's theory, known as logotherapy, from the Greek word logos, meaning, holds that our primary drive in life is not pleasure, as Freud maintained, but the discovery and pursuit of what we personally find meaningful. He said those who have a why to live can bear with almost any how. It helps people to really understand who am I? How do I think? What's my customized thinking? When you recognize that, it takes away the desire to be someone else, which current society tends to want us to, you know, this, this person's success, we've got to be like this person to succeed. And that's the worst piece of advice we could give anyone. You know, we quote motivational speakers and we give all these great quotes. And yes, it's very inspirational, but you can't be that person. And you have to look for the core underlying thing. And the core underlying thing is it's got just what, from my work and my research, plus many of us that are researching mind-brain connection, is core to success is the recognition that you have the power in you, in your unique way of thinking. And you have, when you understand your unique way of thinking, you can control your thought life. You know, and, and then that also leads to the first part of the book where I talk about mindsets, where we are, there are 15 mindsets that I've identified that are very vital to success. And a mindset like an attitude. So we all day long, we're thinking, learning, and we're thinking, feeling, and choosing, and building thoughts. The way we build those thoughts, the, the flavor, the attitude is a mindset. 
So if we're constantly whiny, then we're not in a gratitude mindset. If we're constantly negative, then, you know, the happiness mindset's affected. If we're always busy doing stuff and never taking time to think and reboot our brain, then we're not using our thinker mindset. So that then, yeah, that kind of damages. It's almost like putting on sunglasses that you shattered and you look through and you can't see properly. So mindsets are the way we should be viewing our current life. I love that. What we plant in the garden of our hearts and minds grows in our lives. Plant gratitude and that mindset grows. It throttles the weeds of entitlement and the not enough lie. The happiness mindset is inner satisfaction that flourishes out of focusing on the positive, connecting with others and having meaningful relationships in community. Just that, the link between happiness and community, is something that Dr. Leaf expands on in her book. The people with the strongest social connections, she says, are the happiest. Then there's the thinker mindset that she mentioned, probably one of my favorites. Disconnecting from all the digital stuff to spend time thinking. Can you be alone with yourself, just you and your thoughts? Do you give yourself time to, and space to daydream? To let your mind wander? To apply creative thinking to your situations and your circumstances? What is your definition, Dr. Leaf, of success? I think that's integral to understanding why you've called the book Think, Learn, Succeed. Absolutely. What's integral is to recognize that you, as, a, as an individual unique human being, have an amazing way of thinking, which I love to call customized thinking. You know, if you think of something that's custom made, it's something that's made specially for you, it's special, it's stand. And I mean, that's cool. That's cool because when you understand how you think, you have a sudden different view of yourself. Your identity can start to grow. And it's a lifelong process. But once you get that excitement going, um, you start developing purpose and passion and then meaning comes, meaning follows. And then when you, the other key part of success is realizing that our mind is what controls what we're doing, our mind. And you control your mind. Your mind is your thinking, your feeling, and your choosing. And most people, I can say around the world, globally, feel that their mind is out of control and that it's the hardest thing to control. What I teach as part of success is that your mind is difficult to control, but it's not impossible. It takes work. There's no quick fix. But controlling your mind is absolutely fundamental to success in life. If you don't control your mind um, and you don't know who you are as your identity, and um, then you, you, you're not going to succeed. You're not going to find that meaning that you're looking for. And that's why in all my books, I mean, I've written many books, all of them approach these from different angles, but this book specifically is teaching now the actual three tools that will help you to really get to that point where you think correctly to succeed. And your daily rhythms or practices that you have found boost your mental and emotional health. How has your spirituality come into this? What do those rhythms look like for you? Well, when I talk science, I'm talking spirituality. So basically, they're all connected. God is the source of everything. So my spirituality is very much, it, it, as we see from the science, and I put it in my book, um, that we've, we, we're 99% non-physical, which is the spiritual part of us. So essentially, my daily routine, everything I teach, I do. I really incorporate this as part of my, this is my lifestyle. And everything I teach are lifestyle skills. 
uh, this is not something you read one off. Everything I teach in all my books, including Think, Learn, Succeed, these are the practices that you need to adopt as a lifestyle because you're constantly using your mind. So you need to use it correctly. And when you do that, you're dealing with a spiritual part of you and the brain is the physical part and your brain responds to your mind and your body responds to your brain. So it's kind of all interconnected. Your podcast with Dr. Levy, or Levia, however I say his name, was incredible when you spoke about the power of forgiveness. Why is forgiveness such a huge part of our mental and emotional health and our biology? What do you think we are being told by our creator about forgiveness? Well, if you look in my book, Think, Learn, Succeed, I talk about forgiveness. The forgiveness mindset is one of the mindsets that when we forgive, we are disconnecting from the source of trauma and pain. So um, that's basically, you know, when you do that, you're basically disconnecting and breaking out of a traumatic mindset. You're physically changing a structure in your brain that's damaging the brain. And you're freeing yourself to operate in love. And that's what I teach in that particular mindset. Speaking about the forgiveness mindset in her book, she says, Forgiveness is good for your health. Holding a grudge affects your cardiovascular and nervous system. She quotes a study done at the Mayo Clinic. People who focused on a grudge had elevated blood pressure and heart rates, as well as increased muscle tension and feelings of being less in control. In the same study, when asked to imagine forgiving the person who had hurt them, the participants recorded feeling more relaxed and positive and had a greater sense of well-being. Dr. Leaf, if I say the beautiful pursuit, what would you define that as in your own life? Seeking after understanding your identity and um, getting your thoughts under control. Mm, it's beautiful. Thank you, Dr. Leaf, so much for your time. I want to honour your, your time constraints. It's been an absolute treat talking to you. And I hope you'll come up back and be on the podcast again because there's millions more things I'd love to ask you. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Okay, wonderful. Great. And that brings us to the close of another episode. I hope that this has inspired you on your own beautiful pursuit. Thank you for listening. Go and visit the website www.thebeautifulpursuit.com for more and connect with me on Facebook or Instagram. As always, the music on this podcast is the work of my dear friend, Sean Williams, who is also on Facebook and Instagram.